This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. Hey, 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 we are back for another episode of the Two Fish Podcast. So welcome back, Two Fish community. We are excited to have you here today. If you're new to the community, welcome. We are a biblical podcast, a Christian Bible study kept simple. So if you're like the majority, I feel like, of people, and you're like Aaron and I, and you feel like the Bible's a little overwhelming, you've come to the right place, listen to all our episodes, because we kind of keep it simple, break it down, talk about it topically, we do some breakdowns, verse-by-verse style, and we just sit together and go through Scripture. Exactly, Nick. We like to sit down and just talk about the Bible, and uh, this week we're going back to one of our series on... Who is? Who is? Who is? Who is this character in the Bible, and why does his name appear maybe a lot, maybe just a few times, but he's got a whole book named after him, right? That's right. We're talking about who is Mark. John Mark. John Mark was his name in the Bible. He is the author of the Gospel of Mark, which is the second book in the New Testament. And to be honest, there is not a lot in the Bible on Mark. John Mark. You can't just say Mark. (laughs) Yes. There's multiple Marks mentioned in the New Testament. Um, Most scholars that we've researched and tradition says that it tends to usually be the same person. His mother and father named him John, which was a very popular Hebrew name, and then also gave him a second name, Mark, which is a very popular Greek and Roman name. So basically he was a, I don't know, a Matthew What's a popular name nowadays? I have no Aaron. idea. An Aaron. There you go. He's an Aaron. Nick. I was going to say Aaron Nick, but Nick's not a popular name. Nick's popular. Eh, it's kind of popular. He's probably a Aaron Matt. Yeah. An Aaron Matt nowadays. Something like that. Well, nowadays, names get a little weird. My boys have some kids in their class, and some of their names are a little weird. But anyway. We probably shouldn't dive into their names. <laughs> <laughs> we won't judge you parents on what you name your kids. Yeah, yeah. so today's topic. John Mark. So who is John Mark? He is the son of Mary. Not the Mary. Yeah, not the Mary. Not Jesus' Mary. but Or Mary Magdalene who hung around Jesus a lot. Not them. Yeah, the other Mary. The other Mary. The The potentially wealthy Mary with a very large garden. Yeah. So his name first appears in Acts 12.12, which is right after Peter escapes from prison. And Peter's like, where the heck am I going to go here? And Acts 12, 12 says, when this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Other translations say where many Christian people had gathered. So obviously maybe there's a little house church going on here. Obviously this is after Jesus' death. Peter has been thrown in prison. There's a little house church going on where Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, is having this little house church. Peter remembers that. Maybe he was passing through earlier and happened to stop at that little church. I don't know. Remember that and went there and showed up there. So that's the first time John also called Mark. We'll call him John Mark from now on. That's the first time John Mark has actually named in the Bible. So, and then from that text in 12 through 14 there, you can kind of gather that maybe John Mark's family had some money, right? So Peter went there, knocked on the door. A servant girl answered the door. It also points to that there were a lot of people there. So this was not a small house, not your typical house of the day that, you know, a small family would fit in with one bedroom. And, yeah, where you're sharing a bed. Right, you're sharing a bed, you're sharing whatever they had. 
they had servants, there was a door, a gate, and a lot of people. So they had it going on. Yeah, they were they were Mary was doing well. Yeah, so this is probably where Peter first maybe really met or got to know John Mark at this time when he had showed up at this house. And maybe that's where their relationship developed because history and tradition of the church tells us John Mark wrote the book of Mark. However, tradition tells us that probably Mark was sitting in a prison with Peter later in life because the Bible tells us that at some point, John Mark would have been a translator for Peter on his missionary journeys. And that at some point, again, when Peter had been thrown in prison, Mark was there. And I love thinking about this because Peter was in prison and Mark was there. And Mark said, hey, I want to write down some of these stories of Jesus that you have with Jesus because they've been preaching the gospel in their missionary journeys and throughout Acts and all this stuff. And Mark probably, I can only imagine them sitting in a prison and him saying, hey, tell me that story again of Jesus at wherever. And Peter's like, oh man, yeah. And he starts telling this and Mark starts writing this down. So tradition tells us that yes, John Mark penned the book of Mark, but actually it was probably accounts of Peter with Jesus that Mark wrote down. So they were the words of Peter, but John Mark wrote them down. Right, and it would also point to that this is kind of the first account, basically, yeah. that has been wrote down. This is the first translation of the of the story, basically, of, of the story of how Peter saw it take place. Mark didn't follow around with Jesus. Right, he was not a, an apostle or a disciple, however you want to word that, but Peter was. Yeah. Peter had the firsthand knowledge, and Mark was basically a disciple of Peter, and he has a gift of writing, and he's the first one to transcribe this the story as we know it today. Exactly, and Mark is known to be the oldest gospel written, which we know you and I have talked about that Luke would have used Mark's gospel and these firsthand stories from Peter as he was sent out to determine, hey, is this true or not? Right, and Luke was a... He was a doctor, so he would have went and like investigated and interviewed people and researched it and and documented it. But then also, I read that uh, Matthew possibly kind of spins off as off Mark as well. So obviously, even though Mark was not an apostle, people looked to his writing even in the early church, the the very early church, which we'll get to more of that later, but. Mark was a was probably a well respected man because it, his family had had money, and then he had become, I would assume, pretty good friends with Peter. So people definitely trusted him and looked to him as a reliable source yeah. for this story. Exactly. What I think is funny now that we know that Mark was writing stories that Peter was telling him. What I think is funny then, if you look back in Mark. Chapter 14, verse 51 and 52, this comes right after Judas has just betrayed Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, which also research says that possibly could have been part of this estate that John Mark's family owned, Mary owned. But in verse 51, it says, a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. It doesn't say who this was, but Mark threw this in there, and scholars think that was probably him injecting himself, saying, hey, I was there. I was young. 
I was a young man. Maybe he was an early teenager back then. And he saw this happening in the garden. Maybe he was just hanging out in his family's garden when it happened. And they went to grab him because he was there. And he threw off his garment, making him naked, and took off running. It doesn't say it was him, but all scholars think that, yeah, that was probably him interjecting himself into the story of Jesus. That he would, another proof that maybe this was his family's garden. So that's the first time Mark's actually in the gospel. Again, the first time he's named is Mark 12, 12, being Mary's son, John Mark. But then just a little further down in Acts 12, 25, it says, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. So that'd be the next time he was mentioned. And then later in the Bible, we can find out that John Mark is cousins with Barnabas because you go to first. Colossians 4.10, where Paul is writing to the church that he's going to send people to them. And some of the people he mentions is Mark, who is Barnabas's cousin. So there we can correlate the two that John Mark's kind of in the end group here. Yeah. So he spent time with Peter, got to know Peter, and then eventually Peter sends him out and he hooks up with Barnabas and Paul, who are on their first missionary journey. And the, probably the reason was because they were cousins. But while that sounds cool and he got probably got a lot of experience from that, it also caused some issues between Paul and Barnabas. Because at some point, they, Paul and Barnabas separated ways. And I think Luke points to the whole reason they split was because of John Mark. And I don't think the, the Bible defines what the argument necessarily was or why they split, but they, they kind of went their separate ways. I think you read one thing that they speculated that uh, Barnabas was choosing family maybe over whatever the situation was. He was going to side with family. So they, Paul said, I'm not having any of that. I'm out of here. I'm going yeah. my way. You go your way. But eventually they end up coming back together, right? Yeah, they do eventually. In It's written in Second Timothy, and it's also written in Philemon that Paul then again refers to John Mark as, a fellow worker, and a very useful to my ministry. So at some point, they did reconcile. They probably got back on the, met on the road again and did some more missionary work together. So yeah, this John Mark guy came from a wealthy family, became friends and a translator for Peter, who Jesus built the church on. He was the rock. And then spent a ton of time with some of the, some of the most influential evangelists and missionaries with, with Paul and Barnabas. So this guy has gotten around the world preaching the message. He's heard the stories of Peter. So all this just really points to the fact that the gospel of Mark is probably a, a very good source of Jesus's ministry. Like, I like how you said that he walked with the people that were very influential in this. He sat with Peter. He was potentially a naked boy during <laughs> a, a key moment of Jesus's life. And he saw that firsthand account just maybe one time that we're aware of. Right. But he, he later sat with Peter, who was there the whole time and was a very key person in the in Jesus's time while Jesus was walking on earth. Peter Peter was a right hand person. It was he was involved in everything, right? Yeah. yeah. And Mark sat down and talked talked with him. He walked with Paul. He's just a very key person, even though he's only mentioned in the Bible a few times. Yeah, he's kind of like a minor character. You have all these major characters. You have Peter, Paul, Barnabas, Jesus. And then there's these minor characters that help support, you know, supporting roles in the movie, let's say. 
and he's there to document and he's there to support these major players. But he's but he does have a huge role in the way that the gospel was pushed out from Israel and on. Another huge role that they point to that he played, I would imagine this when he got older and maybe he wasn't traveling around and maybe like Paul and Peter had passed away and all that, but Mark was it's Mark the evangelist, right? Yeah. So he sat down and settled in and founded the Church of Alexandria. Which, which is in Africa. Right. So it would have been the first church in, from what I read, the first church in Africa. Around He, he did this around 49 AD, which makes him the first person to bring Christianity to Africa. So the fact that this boy with a Hebrew and Greek name, born in a wealthy family, was eventually an interpreter for Peter and eventually ends up settling in Africa. I mean, this guy probably knew several languages. Like he was well, I would say, I would think he would be well-educated if he knew a bunch of languages. But later in our research, we read that there was some backlash towards Mark because Luke, who used Mark's gospel as reference, was a lot more sophisticated and it made Mark's gospel and Mark's account sound a little less sophisticated. So I would imagine, based on these the times that he is mentioned in the Bible, I would think he'd be educated. I, w- I would think that. Plus, you, you look at his family, like they're a wealthy family, and most of the times you, even nowadays, like you, you assume that wealthy families, they have very well-educated people, and I think that stems way back in history as well because they would have they had the resources to get them in school. And also, you can look at the fact that I would think think that Mary and Mark's house, they had people coming. This yeah. was a house people came to on a regular basis. So maybe there was a need to know additional languages. Oh, that's true. So either for their workers or for the people coming and going, like this was a, a house that people were drawn to for whatever reason. I feel like multiple times in this, we've pointed to the fact that his family probably would have had wealth. And a lot of times on the show... We've talked about and we've read scripture that says, hey, it's, it's going to be hard for the rich to get into heaven. Or the, the, the poor and the less wealthy are going to have it easier following Jesus because they have less to re- they can't They can't rely on themselves. They have to rely more on God. And we've said that several times on the show. But I, I feel like there's also instances we've read in scripture where God uses wealthy people. Oh, yeah, God's going gonna to use you. And he might use you and your riches, or you might be poor and rich in, in faith. The money end of it really has nothing to do with it, right? It is all about your heart and what you believe, rather if you're rich or you're poor. But being rich in this world, I think, has the tendency to make us very prideful, as we talked with Matt. Like yeah. it, It's that, look at what I have created, or look what I have earned and I have done and I can I can do all these things because I have a fat bank account. Yeah, but in this instance of Mark and his family, I, I feel like that Mark's family got it right that they didn't do that because I feel like if they did that, look what I got, they wouldn't have been mentioned in the Bible. But they said, I have resources. God's allowed me to be wealthy. He's allowed me to have influence. I'm going to use that for Christ. I'm going to use that as a kingdom-building experience where I can allow people to come in, have this nice big home church, like we talked about here in the beginning, that eventually Peter's going to come through. And because I w- because Mary, the mother of John Mark here, was 
was willing to give of her resources. She was feeding. She was probably housing these people, some of these people, if they were traveling. Because she decided to use her resources and her wealth for kingdom building, for God, God allowed their store to be here in, in the Bible and allowed John Mark to be in these, the right place at the right time, let's say. And then through that, he ends up touch, helping touch the world for Christ. So many times we say, if you have money, then it's going to be hard. But just because don't, don't look at that, oh, I need to give everything away. No, start to, start to think differently and say, hey, what can I do with my resources for God? How can I facilitate for God with my wealth? And God, def- I think God can definitely use the wealth. It's just going to be, it's going to be more difficult. And I think that's where the pride issue that we talked about a couple of weeks ago comes in. Yeah. Um, the other thing that just really stood out to me as we're talking about this and, and we're at the end of this, right? Like it is the house of Mary, John Mark's mother. Normally in these days, it would not have been the woman named, like it would not be her property. Most of the time, I would think women didn't really have a lot like that. So in my research, I had read that John Mark's dad probably would have been a politician, let's say, and that they had multiple houses in this area. So maybe he was always out doing business, and they just referred to this as Mary's. But that is an interesting, that they, the house of Mary. Yeah, it is not the house of John's dad. It's the house of Mary. Yeah. John Mark was obviously very influential man he like we talked about he walked with key people he sat with peter Uh, his family was uh, a prominent family but much like the disciples and much like jesus as he preached and he taught about jesus and the christian walk he ended up dying with a rope around his neck oh they hung him the city of alexandria didn't want to walk away from worshiping their their gods their traditional gods and that's what Mark was trying to get him to walk away from and follow the one and only. And they said, that's enough of that. You're going on the rope. Wow. Well, it's worse than that. Oh, go ahead. So he ended up on the neck, rope around his neck, right? And they dragged him through the streets until he died. Oh, so they didn't kind of hang him. They pulled him. They pulled him. This is uh, behind the horse. And I, I don't know if it was a horse or not. Didn't say that what I was reading, but they ended up dragging them through the streets, making an example out of them. Wow. So when you look back on these things, these these key people, these key characters in the Bible, this thing they were preaching about, this man, Jesus Christ, they all ended up dying a very brutal death. But you know that that points to how much they believed in Jesus. They could have easily back then said, you know what? Nah, yeah, you're right. Okay, I won't preach about Jesus anymore. They were they they believed the story so much because they lived the story. They were there. Peter was there. John was there. All these disciples were there. And here's John Mark, having possibly been seen Jesus at the garden, lived and translated for Peter, lived part of his life with Paul and Barnabas, even to the end, and planted a church here in Alexandria. Even at the end, he was so a hundred percent on the gospel and who Jesus was that he was willing to be dragged through the streets by his neck and die a martyr's death for Christ. Like that points to how much he believed in Jesus. So it's one of those things that's like those episodes we've done where, hey, tell us a, a miracle of God where it, it just really points towards, of course there's a God. Like here you go, here's this. They believed in Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, that they were willing to die for him. That's crazy. 
and this is even after they, they wash to the others die. Like if I do this, it's highly likely yeah. that I'm going to die. A lot of times we refrain from those type of activities. Like <laughs> yeah. If we're going to, it's highly likely that we're going to die. We're probably not going to go and do that. Right. Yeah, We're going to back off. Yeah. And uh, we have the luxury, at least here in the States, that that's not the case. It still happens around the world. Oh if, yeah. If you're a Christian and, um, I mean, you can look in the Middle East and it, it happens all the time, right? But we have a luxury here in the States that we don't have to worry about being dragged through the streets because we want to worship and pray to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So anyways, I hope you found this, this study of who is Mark as interesting as I did as we were diving into it. I know I definitely learned some things of uh, who Mark is and, and what Mark did even though he's only mentioned a few times in the Bible, uh, he obviously has a very key role in the in the early church and what we believe today. That's right. And if you have any more information than what we gave you today, there's not a lot in the Bible of him. But if you know of any other information that our community, the Two Fish community, could gain value from, head on over to our Facebook or our Instagram page and comment there on one of our posts and let us know, hey, here's some more information on Mark. We'd love to listen While you're there, go ahead and hit the follow and subscribe buttons on all our social media. We will see you next week on the Two Fish Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you go out and join the Two Fish community on Facebook and Instagram. Also, hit those subscribe and follow buttons so you don't miss next week's episode of the Two Fish Podcast.